welcome, welcome, welcome. I just had to throw that last one in just for spooky sake. Anyway, welcome to the show. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And I am here today at his post-inauguration. We have a new president. So excited. Yay. And you want to do a thing there? That's Jeez. the best I can think of right well, now. Well, that's not bad. Okay. Anyway, so um, we are doing a show today, and we brought on Mr. Michael Cepress, who has been on before. He's a musician, and he's also a textile designer, and he does a bunch of other stuff. So we're going to be talking to him today about his wonderful creative genius. And um, we're also going to be, you know, uh, it's kind of a new phase for us, it feels like. You know, everything has sort of changed this week. And uh, because of that, um, we had at the inauguration ceremony an amazing poet laureate who spoke. Her, she read one of her poems. This poem is called uh, The Hill We Climb. And uh, I decided to, I searched on the Internet to see if I could find her birth information. Well, yeah, she would just recently been known to mankind and I looked around several places. I found her birth date, which is good. I don't have her time of birth, which is all right, because her chart is a miraculous chart, really is. So there's a lot of things in the chart I want to talk about that kind of make that chart very special. So we're going to be doing that next with, during the Celebrity of the Week. So um, let's see if anything else we got to do. Uh, I don't know. Anything else we got to do, Nathan? <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a cue for something. But. I just thought, hello, are you there? <laughs> anyway, I'm just trying to figure out what we're doing today. But um, usually we take it, we play it by ear with, with uh, Michael because we have such wonderful conversations with him. So uh, we'll see how it goes. It'll be awesome. And, of course, with uh, Amanda uh, Gorman, it's going to be really interesting to see how her chart fares out, too. Oh, by the way, Michael, I brought your chart. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. I just wonder. Very good. (laughs) That's Michael, by the way. Anyway, um, I'll be introducing him here in uh, about 10 minutes or so. So, anyway... Let's take a commercial right now, and then when we come back, we're going to do the chart of Amanda Gorman. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now... We're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW. And now it's time for the Celebrity of the Week. All righty. So... Uh, we have on Miss Amanda Gorman. Now, as I said, um, I did a search for her chart. I generally do that anyway. Um, being an astrologer is sort of like a, a knee-jerk reaction. If somebody shows up on TV, you know, and I find her name, I'm going to find out if she has her astrological information out there. It took me a couple of sources, but I did find it. <clears throat> and it's March 7th, 1998. 
Don't know the time of birth, but she's born in Los Angeles, California. So the thing about her chart and listening to her poetry, I'm sure many of you did listen to it. I was glued to it, um, bursting into tears a few times, too. And <clears throat> she was, um, she sort of acted out her chart a little bit. A lot of people think she might have Leo rising, but that's neither here nor there. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've got to clear my throat here. Her chart is, I, because of the way uh, she spoke her words, she provoked my, uh, my visual cortex to go crazy. I kept visualizing the things that she was talking about. So I said, because of that, I said, she's able to do that. And by the way, she is a, the first youngest poet laureate ever been named in the United States, the first one. So she's an amazingly perceptive creature. But let's talk a little bit about her, her particulars. She's sun in Pisces, should have known that. And then also uh, she has a moon in Cancer, and she has several planets in Pisces. She has Mercury and the sun, obviously, and then Jupiter. And Jupiter in Pisces is extremely spiritual, metaphysical uh, indication. It's next to the north-south node. So it's the north-south node is next to the sun. So she was born just a few days short of a lunar eclipse. Okay, that's number one. We notate that down. Okay, so that obviously it, an eclipse tends to make people a little bit more blessed in this lifetime to be doing wonderful things. But... Um, she has um, some really amazing things. Okay, one of the things that I noticed, because uh, when I look up a person uh, to find out information about them, I look up whether or not they have a stationary planet in their chart. And if it's a stationary planet, it's just a point where the planet is moving forward. Then it does this thing called retrogradation, and then it moves forward again. And each planet has a specific time period that it's retrograde. And then also goes back into direct where it's moving through the signs again. When it's retrograde, it's backing up through the signs. So uh, I had to find out if she had a, a, a stationary planet, which basically means when a planet is caught between changing directions from direct to retrograde. Okay, so when it does that, the time that it's sort of, it looks like it's flipping around in the sky and going around the other direction, but it's not really doing that. It just looks like that from the Earth's perspective. So when I was looking at the planets, I noticed one planet, and that's Pluto. Pluto was going stationary retrograde in her chart about four days after she was born. And now that seems like, well, that is, and that's kind of, kind of wide. Well, Pluto's orbit is very slow, as we know. So it takes probably a week for it to station, go stationary, direct, or retrograde. So um, it was four days before it went retrograde. And the interesting thing about the retrogradation, having her Pluto direct and then going retrograde, is that um, a retrograde planet is always going to do the work of the planet internally. So it tells me that this lifetime is going to be a fairly significant journey for her because she's going to learn all about the Plutonian, the, the archetype of Pluto, which is death and transformation. Okay, and if she's learning about that, um, she's going to be able to report about it probably in a future life. She'll c probably come back with Pluto stationary retrograde or direct next time, which means she will share the world, share to the world that she's going to be doing that. But this time it's, it's going to cause her... 
she's going to have to go very deep within to look at what she's experiencing and, and how is she going to translate what she's experiencing so she either gets it out or somehow um, communicates about it. Well, <clears throat> her whole chart is about communication. It's about spiritual communication. You know, she has a Mercury in Pisces. That's right there is being able to tap into the right side of the brain. And it becomes, um, it's more fluid. It's not, it's not jagged. It's, the, the mode of thought is different for every person. You know, especially if you look at the Mercury function in the chart. If the Mercury is in an air sign, it's going to be very analytical. And if it's Earth sign, it's very practical. And if it's fire sign, it's very sudden and very fiery. But a, a Mercury in water is like being on the sea, floating along and coming along the side, you know, the different stops that it makes on the way. And it stops and it, it, it acclimates itself to the area. And, and it also gets the visual images of what they're seeing there. And they can translate that into words inside of themselves. So she has this. And um, actually, Jupiter is not conjuncting Mercury, but that's okay. Because Jupiter is conjoining the south node means she's had this experience before. We're talking about a philosopher here. Somebody who translates the images she sees into thoughts, into feelings, and then comes out. So it, her Pluto retrograde or Pluto stationary is going to help her a great deal with this. You know, in the fact that, you know, how to to better take the interesting experiences and the deep experiences. Because that poem she wrote was pretty huge. It was very long. I was thinking about reading it on the air, but it would take so long, about two or three minutes to read it. But, I mean, there were so many thoughts there. There were so many feelings there, you know, and because she's writing about feelings because Pisces is a water sign. So the feelings are, are it's interesting to translate feelings from, from mental activities. Hard to do that because the mental activity has a certain way, a linear form that it takes but then if you're coming along and the feelings have to translate, the feelings are something completely, totally different. It's something you feel. You have no words for the feelings, but somehow she's been able to take the words or somehow take the feelings and translate them into words that, that work for her. So um, let's see what else has she got. She's got Neptune, Venus. That's extremely creative. You know, Neptune and Venus are one degree apart in Aquarius. So she's going to be making a difference with, the uh, issues of equality, which is all about Aquarius, and also um, equal rights. And, you know, being that she's black, it'll be, you know, um, rights for the black people. So it's going to have everything to do with that. And so she just has an enormous amount of, uh, also, I have to tell you, an emotional power, too. Moon and Cancer. So, and it's interesting because... Even though this is a chart that's cast at the sunrise point, this is not necessarily her birth time, but this cast for the moment that sun goes up over the horizon, the moon is at 13 Cancer. That is the degree of the United States sun sign, which I find really interesting. So here she is doing a speech in front of the entire world during the president. Uh, not Obama, President Biden's inauguration. I mean, how cancerian can you get? I mean, it's literally taking the the modes and the operations of our country and translating that into poetry. 
So she really has that just woven into her DNA. And you can actually see this in her her very positive attitude. And she has a very strong Mars, Mars and Aries, which is going to be able to go after the things she needs and wants when she wants to. But she has to make sure she taps into the right side of her brain is so strong. I mean, the left side is as strong probably, but the right side, the conceptual side of her brain is so strongly oriented towards poetry. So, I mean, I'm telling you, this is a chart I could spend all day on this. But um, when I saw it, I went, oh, of course, there's all, it's all right there, you know. And, you know, when you listen to her, you sort of suspect things like that when you you're listening to her and thinking, oh, it's very poetic and it's very dramatic and it has all those feelings to it. But um, she's very easily expresses herself and it's awesome. So that's it on her. And I hope everybody yesterday that mentioned this, I mentioned this on Facebook every, at, to everybody that I was going to talk about her this morning. I hope you all listened, everybody, and I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, there's way more on her. But, you know, as I say, she's come into this lifetime as a philosopher. And she's come in as a teacher, and she is going to be doing both through her lifetime. And she's only 22 years old, and she sounds extremely evolved. So, and this is her evolution right here on the page. So, there you go. So, anyway, that's it on her. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to take another break, and we're going to bring back our guest, Mr. Michael Seapress. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m. Thanks in part to Linda Rasmussen at verticalenergyworldwide.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, January 24th, National Geographic explorer and best-selling author Helen Thayer joins me. Hear all about how she's handling the pandemic, the new animal friends she's added to her family, the new book she just finished, and the one she started on now. I'm excited. Hope you can join us for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. Nathan, I like that song. I like it a lot. And we're going to walk out the guy who does this song, Michael Cepress. Hello. Hey, good morning. <laughs> good Happy morning. to be here. <laughs> Glad you're here, too. Oh, yeah. thrilled to be here. That's awesome. And we can actually see each other today because of the miracles of the new webcam. Is that what Isn't it, it was? just, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's what's doing it. I'm yeah. so glad we can, you know, this is, this is the, the wave of technology we're really leaning into these days. I think you're right. Yes, I agree. Because the last couple of times you've been on, I haven't been able to see you, you know, and I kind of wished for that because it seemed like we had a really good connection going on. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about 
We haven't had you on for a while. Is there what's new in your life? Oh, you know, it's well, my, my creative flow continues. It's mm -hmm. um, as you, as we've talked about in previous shows, I have a real ever present traveling bug that these days I'm not able to scratch. So yeah. as <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, so as a as a musician and as a songwriter, I'm really doing all those things that I can do um, when I'm not traveling, okay. which is, you know, hunk, hunker down and write and write yeah. and write and record and re-record. And uh, so I'm I'm developing new music and preparing recordings that'll be released later this year. Good for you. That's awesome. It seems to me, because I'm looking at your chart, I have your chart here. I'm glad I brought it because whenever I listen to somebody talking about themselves, and they make a mention says, well, I, I have the travel bug and I can't do it right now because we're quarantined. And so we're <laughs> stuck here and I don't know what to do. And I'm looking at your moon in a, a Sagittarius. I go, well, I would think so, you know. <laughs> so um, do you travel? I'm sure you meditate and you travel in your thoughts and your in your dreams. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And what a, gosh, what a cool question, Eileen. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, do, I do. And, you know, I found that that this is my chance to cultivate that more. I do have a meditation practice. It's something I sit and do twice, twice a day and yeah. have for years now. And um, I guess that's, uh, that's something I've learned is good for me on a lot of different levels yeah. and lets me travel boosts my creative my creative sensitivity right. um, gives me gives me insight to things that I that I don't expect sometimes right you know? right right exactly um, so it's a real it's a real skill that I always work on and like you said it's a chance to travel within our own minds yeah I mean it, it I would look I'd be looking at this chart if I have first time I'd met you I said well okay since you can't fly anywhere you must fly inside you know because um that's the desire and that shows here that um you find out that you can go through metaphysical journeys internally and just as well as taking them outside of yourself and they they serve the purpose either way you know so you get a lot out of both both types so uh yeah yeah and, yeah, I, and, I, it certainly it certainly feels that way. Yeah, yeah. and you tap into yeah. a much a high creator, higher creative spot in you by doing that. That's kind of your the genesis of of what helps cr you create. Basically, it comes from that place. Right. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, and it it I also find it helps that that storytelling side of. Yeah what what i love about any music or in hearing your reading of amanda gorman's chart thinking about this sort of poetic or natural storytelling gift that yes. so many have so that was that was a huge question i was pondering this morning knowing that you're going to talk about her chart is like what what does a storyteller's chart look like or what are those qualities that emphasize that right well it looks a lot like your chart um first of all couple places the storyteller is the sign of Sagittarius you know it's being able to take a small little story and blow it up into a big huge gigantic you know epic thing and <laughs> making a movie out of it <laughs> <laughs> or or they're telling it's the fish story actually you know the guy goes 
and gets a fish, catches a fish, comes back and tells a story about it. And each time he tells the story, the fish gets bigger every time he tells the story, you know. So it's a foot right. long, and then, you know, two weeks later, it's like five feet long, you know. Because <laughs> it, it, there's this seeming, there's need to not, I wouldn't say embellish, but there's the story around telling about the actual event of catching a fish. And it's so much fun to tell a story because, first of all, it's entertaining to everybody that's listening to it, but it entertains you, too. You know, it's sort of like um, I have the same thing in my chart. I have a ninth house sun like you do, you know, and I have a ninth house mercury, which basically means I've been sort of been trained to tell stories myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and and adventure Mm -hmm. stories that have taken me all over the place. You know, and so, I mean... And go figure, here we are on the radio. Gee, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you think? It's actually the perfect perfect avenue for a storyteller to take. I was just watching this. I can't believe I'm doing this. This is talk about synchronicity. Um, I was just listening to, um, you know, Larry King died this morning. You know, the broadcaster. And he was telling how somebody becomes an interviewer. And um, you like have passionate enthusiasm, and they can tell a story. They can tell a story. They're storytellers, you wow, know, and, right. and that's what it takes, you know, to be able to, um, you have a plot, you have a story in your, your songs, you know, you have the, the lyrics, you know, but before that, you invent the whole story before you actually do that, don't you? Right. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, and, um, and I think that a lot of times the music, the music is the vehicle to tell the story, but yes. the story itself is this sort of, it's this piece of poetry or this, this narrative or this landscape that you're, you're painting. And then the music, I wouldn't say it's secondary, but the music is the thing that lets it be carried out That's into right. the world, you yeah, know? Exactly. Um, yeah, I, which I, then makes it curious about which comes first. Sometimes chicken or the, the egg type of thing. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's there's a place of inspiration where it comes from, you know, and it, it could be you get a full picture in your head or you've seen something um, outside of you that makes an impact on you. And then all of a sudden you want to turn around and tell a story about it, you know, so it may, it, the inspiration would come from many places, it would feel like, and probably from a different place every time, you know, I'm, what do right. you think? You know, right. I, th- I, I, I mean, for me personally, I certainly find that. Mm-hmm. And then and then there's that that other aspect of the the song gets created, the song gets shared. Yes. And then it's up for grabs yes. to everyone, everyone else to be able to feel that story themselves. Or if they feel compelled, they can sing along and yeah, they become even part better. of Yeah, they <laughs> become part of the story. So it's this yeah. beautiful, many layered thing that yeah. I, I love to think about and yeah, yeah and I think that kind of inspires people when they listen to your music to uh, not just play it for other people, but to, and see how it, you know, maybe you told a story that really hit a nerve for them, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, something sad or something happy or whatever it was, but it was, it was an associative um, emotion that they had about something in their life. So it touches that nerve. So, I mean, and then they can go on and share it and, and they would probably share it easier because of your song, you know, <clears throat> something like that. Right. Well, it's certainly, it's certainly my hope that it, that, well, music does this for me. Yes. It, 
it gives you the place to feel that thing. Yes. Whatever that is, it gives it gives you a chance to just go right there. Yeah. And we all have we all have our favorite albums that when we're feeling a certain way, we just go right to that music because yes. it helps us be in that space, whether it's oh, yeah when you're ready to party or when you're feeling low or you're grieving <laughs> yeah, or right. you you need a good cry or, or whatever it is that's you know, right it's yeah you it's have the, the associative emotion language. to the the particular thing that it's about you know like for me being an astrologer um i have a real strong affinity with the uh, planets written by holst gustav holst mm, you know mm-hmm. and of course our theme song our jupiter is the jupiter movement from the Holst planets suite and right. <clears throat> when I listen to that music, I so know that he tapped into all of the energies of those planets so perfectly because I know that after I listen to the Mars suite, I want to go out and hit somebody <laughs> <laughs> or at least get really torqued up, you know, mm-hmm. or I listen to Jupiter. I get very excited. One of the things, the story, this is a story. I'm going to tell a story a little bit, all right. a little small story. When Jupiter was first written, it was written back in 1918 or so, and it was being rehearsed in a concert hall in London, and the man conducting was Gustav Holst himself. He was conducting his own work. And so they were rehearsing this number, and it's very bouncy, and, and you know, the nature of Jupiter uh, archetypally is the, the positive nature. It's the storyteller again. I, we keep coming back to Jupiter Sagittarius, but... Um, Jupiter is about positive, positive look at life, you know, that things are always looking up. So um, this is a very positive piece. And in the middle, there's a there's a stretch of it that's actually a hymn that's written. It's called I Vow to Thee, My Country. It was written. It's for um, uh, English. It's an English hymn. And it's being performed. It's performed over there for certain things, but they extracted that part of the piece out to play that. But <clears throat> when they were rehearsing either the front or the back of this thing, they were doing that, and it was playing all through the house. And there were wash washer women and and janitor women running around the place, cleaning the place up before the concert. They put their pails down and they started dancing. You know, it was so awesome. (laughs) I wish I had been there to see it. I mean, this is back in 1918, you know, yeah, because that's what moved them to get up. You know, it's the nature of Jupiter is to get up and dance and celebrate, you know. And uh, so, I mean, that to me is an amazing story. When I read that, I said, oh, that's so cool, you know, and and I've always felt that way every time I heard I've heard that piece. So. Um, and I get to hear sure. it every week. So, yeah. Anyway, so I just wanted to share that story with you that, you know, the planets can are embodiments of archetypal emotional images, you know, and um, you can pick up any one of them and it'll be a certain one and you'll just know what it is every time you hear it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, that's for cool. Oh, we got to take a break. Oh, I'm going on and on and I have to take a break. Okay, so anyway, we're going to be right back here in a moment with Michael Seapress. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. (laughs) 
And this is a commercial or live read for Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions with Matt Shea. Matt Shea has started a new venture, Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions, which will be a collection of Matt's writings in mini audiobook form. Our first book is out now. I say our because I'm a part of this group. Um, our first book is out right now and only $5, and you can order it on mattsheabooks.net. We are working on our second audiobook form. We just got that done. I got it done a couple of weeks ago. I recorded that, and it should be out in audiobook here with audiobook form probably here within the next couple of weeks. So I'll let you know when it's going to be out. So Matt wants to hear from you and promises to answer any or all questions that are asked of him. You can write to him at his personal email address at workinmat 7 at AOL.com. That's W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7 at AOL.com. And don't forget his website, www.mattsheabooks.net. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Deborah Wilson, who shares her spiritual insights and their application in our everyday world, angels and prosperity. On Saturday, Reverend Tom Newman, whom we like to call the seer of Santa Fe, joins us for a full hour with his perspective on life as lived on the other side. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. Magic boots of desert leather. How it feels when we're together. The love you gave me could make diamonds out of stone. You're my poet out of nowhere with the profile. Your black curls waving through the white sands of my mind. The white sands of my mind. That's a great line. (laughs) That's very cool. The white sands of my mind. Oh my gosh. Anyway, that's a great song. That's really awesome. I really, and I love your music anyway. It's so grounded and it's, it's happy. It's happy music. Oh, well, we need we need as much happiness as we can get. I know. That, so I, I, try, I, try to, I tried to hold up my end on that one. And, I know. And give it a, it's been tough the last four years, but um, I think everything kind of turned around really quickly in the last couple of weeks so that um, the exit was a lot more graceful than I would have thought it would have been. So. It really does feel like there's been a terrific change, yes. doesn't it? Yeah, there does. And um, I, I, I always look at my, see, you know, my Facebook page to see what people are thinking. And by and large, it's a very positive step for everybody. So um, I'm very happy about this. And I love that our, our president is, is taking the ball and running with it, you know, especially when it comes to the COVID virus. So um, it's, I'm just really happy that he's there. I feel very secure about it. The other one, no. But this one, I feel very <laughs> I'm not even mentioned his name. He's in the past tense. So anyway, so let's talk some more about your music. You've been writing more music. I think because of the, uh, obviously, the necessity to seclude yourself. And we're all going through this. And I kind of 
was looking at this last year with the astrological things that were going on at the time, Pluto and Saturn together, which is a very seclusive aspect where we would be asked to go within our house, shut the door, lock everybody out, and really work on ourselves. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's probably what happened to a lot of us, and I think a lot of us are ready to get out of our closets now, but we have a little ways to go. But it just means there's a little bit more work to do. So um, what do you think? Right, yeah. Well, it's I, I mirror that sentiment. It really does feel like that. And um, there's also, it's winter, you know, it it's something winter, I've been thinking about it? a lot. It's it's when, <laughs> it's when the natural world is is asking us to also kind of let a, let one cycle come to a close and yeah. another one begin. Right. Things are going dormant. Things are also the soil is getting all of its good all of its goodness right now, so that spring can happen and new things can grow. So right. that exactly what you just described about going inward, sort of paired with just the nature of what the natural world is doing exactly. right now. We are mirroring I, that for sure. Yeah. Right. And I have to give myself that daily reminder of no, don't get don't get in a twist about this. This is actually the gift of this moment is (laughs) to hunker down and burrow in and look inside and do all of those things that we need to do before we sort of spring back into into action. Absolutely. Yeah, I've noticed that. uh, is of course winter is the is the place where we hibernate basically that's it you know and right uh, and we regroup ourselves and the earth is hard which means we kind of we've kind of created an outer skin that's hard and and not that it's hard um, emotionally it's just that we've created an outer skin that is protective you know so that we can go in and take care of our, our internal issues, issues that are going on right now, right now, you know, and then when spring comes along, everything seems to loosen up quite a bit. So, right. yeah. Right. And, um, yeah. And I think in being a spring baby, and I'd love, I'd love to hear your take on oh, this okay. being a spring baby, you know, March 26th is my birthday. That's right. I'm, I always feel that this January and February moment in my annual cycle is when, <laughs> well, <laughs> For better or worse, if something's going to come to a close, something major in my life is yeah. going to come to a close. That's usually when it happens. Yeah. If something's going to mm, sort of break down and fall apart and need to be rebuilt, this is when it happens. Right. Because and kind of in the two months prior to my actual birthday, mm-hmm. I feel like in my own world, that's when that happens. Exactly. And it so happens that being a spring baby, also that's winter. Yes. And that sort of um, ending of a cycle is happening before the new one begins. Exactly right. And I think um, I, I actually what I want to bring out by what you, virtue of what you said is that um, we're talking about the moon cycles, really, when we're looking at this. You know, when we have a, a, a full moon, for instance, the, the sun and the moon are in opposite places to each other. OK, so you have perspective. You can see both sides of the same coin. When you're coming into the new moon, which means the sun is coming right in behind the moon, just to when the point is when it's new, when you don't see the moon, when they're in the same degree. Basically, that's a, that's a place where you are reflective. You release the old because it's no longer, you know, applicable to your life. And it's a, it's a shedding of skin. 
basically, outer skin, whatever skin. You shed it off so that you can prepare for the new moon. I think this is what you're talking about. It's sort of mm-hmm. a natural mm-hmm. cycle we all have. But for, for you, it's for the sun sign, when everything's coming in behind your birthday, you're moving into your birthday here next month, and so am I. I have my birthday on the 11th of March. So I'm kind of, you know, molting too. And <laughs> 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 dropping my feathers everywhere. Right. Yeah, it, right. it is about releasing the previous year, you know, because there are certain points in the year that you accomplish certain things. Like, you know, from the point, you know, the new birthday to halfway through your birthday, that's a place to reflect to look back at the previous six months and see what's happening in your life and adjust them. And then, you Mm. know, every quarter turn there and you make some adjustments a little bit. But the last one is the most important because it's where you move into your newest phase of your existence. It's your evolutionary phase. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Very fascinating. Well, yeah. I mean, everything can be explained with astrology, I realize. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) It really, I mean, it really does come down to cycles, life cycles, you know, and evolutionary cycles, too, along with that. And, you know, every point in the year, every time you, like I said, you come into your birthday, there is, you know, you're basically cleaning your closets out. You're cleaning your life out. You're cleaning a lot of stuff out that no longer works for you. So that mm-hmm. makes total sense mm-hmm. that you would do that. So you prepare for the new life when the, when you have the, the return of your son to its natal placement on your birthday. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. I love that. It's very interesting that. stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, I'm, you know, I was just looking at your chart here. I was trying to figure out all the places in your life where you're creative. Well, huh, every place is creative. You know, you have Moon, Neptune. In the fifth house, that's the creative house. We have Mercury in Pisces, so the brain is tapped into that psychically. You know, your right brain and your left brain are, are I'd say, equal portions, but you're definitely, you favor the right brain. You know, so it is sort of like when you're driving around trying to find a new place, that's kind of problematic for you. Because <laughs> you're trying <laughs> to visualize going there. And sometimes if you've never done that, you have a hard time finding it. You know, right. yeah, right. So, but, but that's those, that's the place where you can get creative when you're driving around trying to find a place you've never seen before. And you can have all these dreams about driving over to the beach and parking and, you know, but um, it, it's, um, you can get creative inspiration from that. You really can, you know, for just an event like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And you do have that showman thing, your Leo rising. That's definitely the showman. So I always have a lot of fun with that one. I know. And you have a great head of hair. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. We well, both have that's, a Leo. A Le- that's a Leo thing too, I suppose. It is, right? yeah. I have Leo rising too. I can relate to that, you know. Sure. But, but sure. It, it helps, you know, on Pisces, but with Leo rising, Pisces tend to be a little bit more of a wallflower type of sign. But the Leo helps get out in front of people you know and yeah. i really thank god i'm really lucky to have that so i thank god for my astrology chart every day you know because <laughs> you know there's been tough times but there's also been extremely amazing times too so anyway um let's see what else we talk oh how are things going with now i'm looking at that tie-dye thing in back of you okay i have mm-hmm. him on the screen 
Is that something that you designed and made? Yeah, that that is something I designed and made. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, my my world is gosh, my world is is music and fabric in so many oh, ways. Neat. And so cool. and kind of as we've I guess as we've chatted about in previous conversations too, I I love thinking, I like finding the the poetry and the storytelling in song mm -hmm. and in music. Yep. But I also love finding it in fabric and in yes. style and yes. and clothing and I think that there's in my mind for what it's worth those are one in the same those yes. two they're really one in the same there's this yes. there's this poetic aspect to how we dress that's so similar Absolutely. or to fabric and textiles yeah. they carry a story yeah. and they carry a uh, have a soulfulness much like music does oh absolutely I mean it is on the same track basically in the music and and basically it's you could call decorative arts not art deco although I love that but um but when you take and you visualize a a scene or something or or, or a, a potential pattern that you want to put into a, a fabric you know um that's so creative. I mean, it's like visualizing a song. It's on the same track. It's just on a different version of it, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. Well, and I, and I always think of the anthropologists who study the world's cultures. Mm -hmm. Two of the very best storytellers and indicators we have of a culture and a people mm -hmm. are their textiles and their music, you know, yeah. those are the things that span time and we yeah. can, and stories get, or songs get carried between generations right. and can be sung for hundreds of thousands of years. Right. And a textile from the past can tell us everything we need to know about that particular people, where they're from, their values, their spirituality, yeah. how they celebrate, how they mourn, all of these things. I mean, it's yeah. just so rich, so rich. It is. You know, when you think about that, they represent, they in those two mediums, will represent an entire culture. You know, all you, all you have to do is show those two things, play the music and show the, the, the cloth, you know, or, right. or, you know, show the, the type of dress that the natives wear. You know, and you'll get it instantly. The whole thing just just files right in there. And it just um, it's sort of like having a business card with, you know, I'm textile designer. I'm also a musician. You have little notes on the card. You also have a piece of your cloth on the card. You know, it sells <laughs> right. yourself, too. And you know exactly what you're getting, you know, because right. because right. of the artisan type of ability that goes along with that. Yeah. 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 And it's always been as an artist, it's one thing that's become tricky for me, too, is because in within me, they're one in the same. Right. But a lot of times from the outside world looking in, people see those as distinctly different things. Right. And so it, uh, I'm always faced with the challenge of how do I how do I share this and really help people see that it's all, these are all pieces of one puzzle that, right. that interconnect. Oh yeah, absolutely. One represents the other actually. Right. Yes. So, right. okay. I got to take another really quick break. All here. Right. And when we get back here, we'll be finishing up with Mr. Michael Seapress. This is the Jupiter rising show right here on KKNW alternative talk radio. <laughs> And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom of the Medicare Exchange. Susan Bergstrom is a licensed agent in Washington and Oregon, helping people 
obtain security in their lives by providing insurance that pays for expenses, vital expenses, and money for transitioning after a loved one dies. Retirement consists of a lot of moving parts. She will help you with Medicare plans that best suit your needs. Medicare is not only a state-specific, but is also county-specific. Having lots of choices, she will help you narrow down your choices to one that is suitable for your health and financial needs. This includes Advantage plans, supplements, and prescription drug plans, which is Part D of your Medicare. Okay, seniors can rely on Susan to help obtain financial security through many programs that protect seniors from market downturns and guarantee a competitive rate of return with no downside risks. Susan will also educate you on long-term care. This is an area many people do not plan for in retirement. Early planning can protect your assets and provide dignity in your later years. Susan enjoys working with people and has partnered with a Medicare exchange located in Tacoma and Lindwood, Washington. You can talk to her freely about your situation, and you know that Susan will work to make you feel comfortable in all decisions that need to be made. You can contact her at 253-318-9379 or call, call her by email. No, contact her by email at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Dreaming back to all those days, a boy with pleasure eyes. Never question the journey of each bright, colorful That's great. I haven't heard that one. That's lovely. <laughs> you recognize that one? <laughs> no, I don't. I just, well, Nathan told me before I came up that there was two of them on here that I've heard already and one there wasn't. And I think that was the one I haven't heard yet. Right. Oh, okay. Great. I don't know. That could be. That okay. Could be, yeah. I'm asking yeah. Nathan. He doesn't know. <laughs> I think the one you haven't heard yet was uh, when we played coming back from the second time oh, we played this song. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. So, yeah. Magic right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was cool. And I like this one, too. It's more subdued and a little bit more introspective, this song. That's very much from... Very different mood. Yeah. From that part, that album that I released, um, that is by far the most introspective song on that album and very much in line with the conversation we're having today <laughs> yeah. uh, about looking inside and yeah. rediscovering yourself and yeah. looking for your own truth yeah. so that you can be of better service to others that's right it's you know it's all about the evolution of the soul you know and why we're here and you know there are certain points where the evolution will be intense where because you have faced everything in you and nothing is working so you have to go shift yourself into a different direction but getting there between the previous state and the future state is the point where you have to go to the dark night of the soul usually not dark 
but maybe sort of light, medium. <laughs> depends on right. on right. your <laughs> depends on your typical type of journey. But that song sounded like you did quite a bit of uh, looking at yourself before you wrote that. Very much so. Okay. And um, yeah, and there was there were some dark nights. <laughs> there yeah. were definitely some dark nights of the soul that yeah. that uh, helped me that, you know, I've, I realized at the time I was quite miserable, but then you realize, no, there's there's a gift in in these dark moments. Yeah. And it, and it helps us, you know, f find the match to relight the candle and right. be able to exactly. see what's next. You know, um uh, this I reflecting back to when I was doing my musical work, and I still do it every now and then. I have a degree in music, mm -hmm. and um, it. And now all I do is turn to the the um, arts channel on cable <laughs> to watch symphonies and various things that are playing up there. That seems to as an instant healing. If I'm feeling really down, that's it. That's all I need. Mm -hmm. give me some mm -hmm. good Wagner. You know, I like I like the heavier stuff. And, sure. Uh, Richard that's, Strauss. That's the heavy stuff. Oh, right that's there. heavy. About <laughs> 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 as heavy as it gets, folks. And Mahler. Right. You know, those are very heavy pieces that are written. And their internal processes obviously were very intense. You know, but um, it's, um, that's, that's the stuff that it, it gets me moving from one place to another really quick. You know, and so that's um, even though I don't have a particular place where I'm performing right now, I haven't done that in about 10 years. But, <clears throat> mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't seem to matter. I can just listen to music and I just go inside of it sort of like you. Yeah. 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 Well, it's the great gift of music to all of us. Right? I know. And, and really, it's well, it's the universal language and it's such powerful medicine, yeah. such powerful medicine. Yeah. And uh and in so many, even for folks who aren't musical, this is something I always try to encourage people. If you're not, if you don't consider yourself musical, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mm -mm. You're still, you still speak that language. You yeah. still connect with it. And it's kind of, it's really the easiest thing in the world just to put on music yeah. that you love, that feels right, right. and be with it. Yep. And it will change you. It, it will, will change you. You just have to be willing to let it in, you know? And I think rather listening to it and doing something else while you're listening to it, uh, it's to me is counterproductive. I have to be with the music a hundred percent, you know, sure. And, and sure. it just, that's the way it feels right for me. Maybe different for somebody else, but you mm -hmm. know, some piece comes on, you know, like, uh, was it Liebestote by, you know, from Tristan and Isolde. I mean, that's one heck of an opera, you know, and it's big and it's pompous and all that kind of stuff. But it's so incredibly moving. It really, really is. I just listen to it and I well up, you know, that's all I have to do is well up and I'm done, you know. And yeah, yeah it, it's so emotional for me. And so um, I do that in the privacy of my own home where no one can see me get weird. <laughs> <laughs> and a very important thing to be able to do That's right. and to know how to do, you yeah. know, yeah. to, to I, give yourself the permission to do that is, exactly. is wonderful. Yeah. And I know for you, that is a process that you obviously do too, you know, and that's how you get at your music is taking the taste, same type of journey, you know, especially. Absolutely. And I think, you suppose that when we are feeling that we're down and we're not really functioning that well, sometimes we'll try to avoid that. We don't want to even face 
doing any anything that feels painful because that can ex- exacerbate pain, but it also can bring on an incredible enlightenment period afterwards once you've gone through it. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's very true. And it's that you have to make that decision of whether or not you want to release yourself right into it and yeah. just really go there yeah. or push against it. I always try to remember that anything emotional emotions, they move through us. They're constantly moving through us. And it's only a matter of time, really, before one emotion changes to another. And I guess, and as a a songwriter, and as someone who thinks about this stuff a lot, pretty much all day, every day, I've learned there, you have to see you have to grab those moments because Mm -hmm. they don't last right and so if if the feeling is there or the idea is there Mm -hmm. you gotta grab it right when it's right when it's fresh because it won't last forever that's right anything creative if you don't grab it right away it'll change form you know in the next sentence you know it won't be anything like the way it was so right and and i've got three minutes thank you nathan big three (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much Uh, one thing i wanted to mention because of your moon and sagittarius is that and it's one of the ways i think i know that maybe you release your emotions when you once you've gone through a down period is somehow to have fun with it but not just have fun with laughing about it you know that's a great release for you you know yes (laughs) <laughs> yes yes and and oh gosh and always looking for looking for something to laugh about and right. someone to laugh with is yeah, yeah so exactly important. and yeah. and you you bringing that into a song where you bring in the element of humor you know and so um seeing you in concert has to be a hoot it just has to be <laughs> well and and let's hope let's hope and pray that this year is, yes. is our chance later this year that that can begin to happen again i know and you've got to let me know where you're playing and so i could come see you i got it without see a you. doubt yeah i absolutely will it's where it's where i feel most free and most joyful and yeah. i just i just love it That's i love awesome. it and That's awesome. yeah and the band the band and i we try to really share share a good time as best yeah. we can Yeah, it's the only way to go. Well, Michael, our time is up. I'm sorry to say. And give me your address where people can get a hold of you if they want to write to you. Absolutely. Sure. My website, michaelcpress.com. M-I-C-H-A-E-L. My last name is C-E-P-R-E-S-S.com. Right. Um, The music is available there. Okay. And uh, also my music is available on all major streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, dot, dot, dot. You can just search my name, Michael Cpress, and, um, and be able to listen. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. I knew it would be awesome. It always is. (laughs) I always have such a good time talking to Eileen. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, we have one minute here, and I have to tell you that next Saturday, we have on astrologer Ms. Jackie Slovin. She's going to be back, and she'll be talking about, we're going to be talking about the past month, you know, and how the astrological stuff that's been going on for the last month has been so intense. But it seems to have lightened up quite a bit since Jupiter and Saturn went into Aquarius. Thank God. Anyway, so, um, yeah, that'll be next Saturday. And I think that's it. And I want to thank Michael Cipress for being on the show today. He was darned awesome. And um, that's it, I think. Okay, he's turning the screen around.
Okay, very good. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say goodbye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Jupiter Rising show today, and we'll see you next week.